On this air check session, it's part three of a four-part series with radio programmer and consultant Buzz Knight. Buzz is currently founder and head of strategy and innovation at Buzz Knight Media, where he has also launched a podcast of his own entitled Taking a Walk. Let's go. Welcome to AirCheck Season 4, a podcast about radio's personality from radio personalities, managers, consultants, owners, and your most humble hosts from Philadelphia, Rich DeSisto and Paul Kelly. I'm Rich DeSisto. And I'm Paul Kelly. This is part three of our four-part series with Buzz Knight. Buzz highlights his love for the annual Consumer Electronics Show. Welcome to CES 2022. How his voice and many others made a difference when it came to better audience measurement. I hope that there can be work done to establish how to bring sort of hybrid measurement together, how to take different data sets and combine it and to enhance the stability of the existing data. I think that would be of great benefit to the industry. Buzz also offers his advice for newcomers getting into the radio business. They need to be multifaceted in their engagement methods with various audiences. And lets us in on a little innovation project he's working on to save AM radio. But we're trying to see if we can come up with a solution set to try to help AM radio at a time it desperately needs it. Here he is again, Buzz Knight. Buzz, the past two episodes, we covered a lot of ground about your on-air and programming roles in radio. But now let's turn to the innovation side. As a member of the National Association of Broadcasters Committee on Local Radio Audience Measurement, you lobbied for adjustments to audience measurement standards. Talk a little bit about that effort. So that was um, a, uh, a great group of people to work with, uh, not only the members of the committee who were NAB members, and they was representation from every major company, but also at at its core, the the folks from the NAB. So Colram, the Committee on Local Audience Radio Measurement, is really designed to provoke conversation on things to improve uh, measurement and to take a look at things differently and to do it with a a, a thoughtful uh, give and take relationship with Arbitron at that time, and then Nielsen as well. And some great things really occurred uh, with the hard work of that committee and the NAB and obviously the committee members. There was this moment in time with something you guys are familiar with called Voltaire, which was really about the uh, PPM encoding process, you know, quietly behind the scenes, Cole Ram and also advisory council work with Arbitron and Nielsen was uh, really influential in all of that work. It became sticky because it sort of proved that all encoding is not equal and that there was audience probably being left on the table. Uh, one of the other ones that I was proud to be part of with that group was something that came out called the headphone listening adjustment, which was really designed once again to sort of give some audience back that had been lost over the, you know, the way measurement was really working uh, at that time. That took six, seven years of, of work. And ultimately it did produce a lift for, for the industry. So really, I think a great amount of work and successful. I'm not currently on Colram anymore, although I do still do some work with the NAB and its members. I hope that there can be work done to establish how to bring sort of hybrid measurement together how to take different data sets 
and combine it and to enhance the stability of the existing data. If certainly Colram can sort of be part of that and sort of grow the importance of that to Nielsen, I think that would be of great benefit to the industry because we do need hybrid forms of measurement. Sample quality, sample size will always be an issue. And to some regard, Arbitron and now Nielsen is in a no-win situation because they're never going to be doing anything that everybody agrees upon. And you have to empathize with that part of things. But I'd like to see the hybrid measurement path be advanced with entities such as uh, Colram and their great members, and also the other work that members do around uh, the Nielsen uh, Advisory Council, which also does that same type of work. We mentioned a couple of times about the uh, CES Consumer Electronics Show. For people that don't know, it's an annual event that happens where the latest and upcoming technology gets debuted for uh, consumers and business people to see. Uh, many years ago, there was something called a cell phone that was displayed at this uh, convention. And it's amazing. You look at some of the things that appear there, and then you look at uh, Jetson's cartoon from the 60s. We're, uh, we're pretty darn close. Buzz, things that you're seeing at these that excite you and or uh, scare you at these shows? Oh, <laughs> it's all exciting and it's all scary. Some of it is really designed to scare us really intentionally, right? Look, I think a flying taxi scares me a little bit in the <laughs> sense that it seems extremely aspirational and it seems highly unlikely. That being said, autonomous cars seemed impossible as well. And uh, we know that ultimately has a future in some form and in some shape. So I think the guy who first tipped me to go to that show is, is a radio guy by the name of Holland Cook. And he's a talk consultant. And I used to see Holland in Block Island, where uh, I had a house at one time, and Holland has a house. And he bugged me every year. You got to go to CES. You got to go to CES. You got to see the future. You got to be scared for the future and have it motivate your thinking. So eventually, I just got tired of Holland, you know, talking to me about it. And uh, I said, you know what, I got to see this thing. So I was hooked from that point on, because it really does show you the lunacy of certain inventions, but it also shows you the path that our world is taking and the impact it has to the business that we take part in. After Holland did that bugging job, one of my great friends and advisors on my board of directors, Fred Jacobs, I bugged Fred and Paul Jacobs. Guys, you got to go. You got to go see this thing. You got to go. So finally, they went. And as you know, they're hooked. So it's really designed to showcase what inventors think about, how they try to bring it to market, and how we as consumers can intake that and what it does to the world at large. The automotive business is one of those areas that is exciting to see the evolution of, but it uh, concerns me greatly when it comes to radio's place and specifically radio's place uh, in the car. That is one of those scary moments that as a content creator, that's what motivates me further into the notion that we have to invest in talent and we have to invest in content. Every year when I go to CES, I'm reminded of that in a much deeper sense. I recently interviewed a gentleman by the name of Tilo Kozlowski, who is a guy who created the uh, Porsche digital platform. 
and has other great experience, worked for Gartner uh, for a number of years, and he's an expert in the automotive field. As I was asking him those things to be excited about and those things to be scared of, he reminded me from his vantage point as well of the importance of content and talent and, and how that's a differentiator here that will carry the medium through these challenges of where radio's place is in the dashboard. Listen, we have to be concerned because people are going to have other things to do with a car once autonomous reaches more critical mass. They're going to have a different screen to look at and be occupied. So the stakes are high. For people uh, that are involved around radio and creation, it's time to you know really take this seriously in terms of the investment of talent and creativity and platforms and audience engagement, because if if that investment and that time is not taken seriously, audience is going to be lost. Yeah, for that person that's listening to the podcast saying, well, he's saying radio is placed in the dashboard. It's 50 yard line. There's two knobs on either end with seven buttons in the middle. That's radio is placed in the dashboard. They, they may not understand you're talking about radio industry, AM, FM, and you know, what's so important uh, as this placement happens somewhere on the dashboard, uh, ease of use. And that's uh, something that we've heard come out of some of these studies where consumer gets in a car and, wow, all this technology, but I just don't know how to use it. <laughs> well, yeah. And as I just got a new lease for a, a 2021 car, Audi, and I had had a, a 2017 and I saw from that four-year difference how much easier the Apple CarPlay is to execute. And uh, when you have ease of use for all of these things becoming, you know, a, a greater path, it, it's, it's, a, it's up for grabs. The radio industry has to protect its previous beachhead that it had in the car. It still has great audience in the car and a commanding audience when it comes to, you know, drive time audiences, but um, it's shifted. The car companies will listen to the consumers. And if the consumers call for content coming out of radio because of the importance of content in local markets, it won't disappear, but uh, it's deeply challenged and needs to be taken seriously. You're listening to Season 4 of AirCheck, a podcast about radio's personality from radio personalities. Rich and Paul have lined up another roster of guests just as compelling as Seasons 1, 2, and 3. AirCheck Season 1 includes conversations with Eddie Trunk, Danny Bonaducci, Nina Blackwood, and more. AirCheck, available now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also tell your smart speaker to play AirCheck Podcast. 2019, the Consumer Electronics Show, uh, you were still with Beasley Media at the time, and you partnered with the University of Nevada and created and launched the Media Innovation Hackathon. Talk about that project. What, what were the goals? It was a delightful project. Uh, great people at UNLV, really uh, fun to engage with the student body as well. So the Hackathon is a fall semester initiative in conjunction with UNLV. The Hackathon will be mutually beneficial to both Beasley and UNLV. For Beasley, it gives us a chance to be exposed to some of the best and brightest minds that maybe we can develop a future relationship even beyond the Hackathon with. For UNLV, students can benefit by the idea of we bring something to the marketplace, uh, they'd be recognized not only within the university, but within our industry. 
we're starting with a blank canvas and with a blank canvas the possibilities are endless. The design really was to create some critical thinking, maybe a solution, but definitely some critical thinking around media consumption and maybe new ways to consider consumption or problems around media consumption. So it was really designed to tap a different set of brains. The winning team did not solve the problem. The one they chose was the future of, of AM radio and alternate uses of AM. And they, you know, probed around the notion of maybe an alternate use could be in rural markets that AM helps charge battery, you know, wow. because it's a crime seeing, we see this AM stations just shutting off because it's more beneficial on a business sense. That breaks my heart and I'm sure it breaks your guys' heart. So the winning team was led by a young man by the name of Eric Serrano. Eric was a freshman then and Eric is now a close to graduating, even though Eric is probably going to, uh, you know, take some graduate school courses. By a twist of fate, I've maintained contact with Eric because his father, with a previous venture I worked on and with my current venture, has done some website work. So I've stayed in touch with Eric via his father, uh, Edgar, who is a sweetheart just like Eric. We're actually at the beginning of maybe revisiting that topic. I don't want to go too deep into it because we're having our first meeting with uh, Eric, with a um, senior leader around government and around broadcasting. So let me just leave it at that. You'd tell us more, but you'd have to kill us. <laughs> well, you know, it's so premature, but we're revisiting it to see if, if there's something that could be a, a technological advancement, if the battery idea can gain some new steam, if there's somebody we can partner with to further accelerate this, maybe there's some legislative things that are going to be going on possibly that could help as well. But we're trying to see if we can come up with a solution set to try to help AM radio at a time it desperately needs it. So I hope when we're talking six months or a year from now, we actually have some steam with the idea because it's one that I certainly deeply care about and others do. Very exciting. And you almost heard it here first. <laughs> you did. You did hear it first. So, Buzz, you brought up the future of the automobile and the autonomous cars that'll be increasing on our highways and how that changes behaviors inside the car. It opens the door for the driver and the passengers to focus their entertainment attention on other things than radio or audio. And as the radio industry adjusts content for this new space, how should up-and-coming talent be investing in themselves to be ready and primed for those new opportunities? As an instructor and, and curriculum creator at a media center here, uh, my goal is to lead my students into creative thinking beyond being a DJ or a sports announcer on the radio, to think multimedia for all industries. So from your perspective, what does today's aspiring talent uh, dreaming of being on the radio need in their skill set to have a shot? Well, I think they really need to, on the skill set front, take multiple skill sets and keep growing them. They need to uh, understand, you know, video. They need to understand the written word. They need to be multifaceted in their engagement methods with various audiences. I think that is mandatory really to, to occur. We've seen obviously a greater focus on the industry, on digital, and on some of these other aspects. 
I feel at times maybe the industry is a little bit uncertain where to throw all their eggs in. And I would say to you, these gentlemen that I interviewed actually who wrote a book called Provoke, uh, these two guys from Deloitte, Jeff Tuff and Stephen Goldback, they said it very well. They said, why is radio basically just think it's just, you know, the one dimension over the air and through a set of speakers? Why can't radio create a better video proposition, if you will? There are, you know, entities that do that. I mean, going back to President Steve, the Daily Rush is a beautifully shot version of things. Dave and Chuck have their version. Uh, as well. So there, there are some that are working video, but not enough. I mean, it, too frequently, the video look that we see is some schlubby setup in a studio uh, with a microphone with no showmanship and appeal. So I think there needs to be a, a varied approach. In a nutshell, each individual needs to be adept at multiple skill sets that are all about building audience and communicating. This was part three of four with Buzz Knight. One more to go. In our next episode, we learn about Buzz Knight's newest content creation, the launch of his new podcast, Taking a Walk, where he's got an impressive list of guests, including presidential historian Doris Kearns Goodwin. Buzz also leans into his media company, Buzz Knight Media, and how he intends to use it to help shape the future when it comes to media companies developing brands, content, programming strategies, and his continued quest to manage radio talent. You can follow us, stream, and download every episode of Air Check on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also tell your smart speaker to play Air Check Podcast. If you haven't done so, give us a great rating. We'd also love to hear from you on our Facebook page, Air Check Me. This is Rich DeSisto. And I'm Paul Kelly. We'll talk to you soon. Closing out another episode of Air Check, a podcast about radio's personality from radio personalities. If you have radio stories to share, we'd love to hear from you. Join the Air Check guest list. Email aircheckme at gmail.com. Musical props are Chris Gordon's. Announcer props, I'll take those. Greg O'Brien, the OB. Air Check is available now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also tell your smart speaker to play AirCheck Podcast. AirCheck is the creation of RDPK Productions.